Church, how are y'all doing this morning? Good. Um, I would like to say a few things about the song before we go. Um, Catherine and I, we've been talking about doing the song for about a year now. It's finally taken us like to th- get to this point. Um, it's a really hard song, and it, it's just it's been on our hearts, and we've really wanted to bring it to you guys. And um, it's it was made famous by Celine Dion and Andrew um, Bucelli. And it's a prayer, as the title insists of, and it's in Italian and um, English. So, hope you enjoy. Let 
Thanks to God. You want to help me? Wow, my microphone fell off. My heart is still trembling. Amen. Praise the Lord. Goodness. I tell you, let's just pause a moment. And let me put my microphone where I got to use it. And uh, just think right now. What a privilege to be in the house of the Lord. God, Heavenly Father, I praise you this morning. You got the children that you've adopted into the kingdom because they believe in Jesus Christ, the only Son of God. I praise you this morning for the invitation from Pastor Wayne that I can stand in this place this morning that's been set apart to preach the Word of God uncompromisingly, but with humility, and really praying for the Holy Spirit to speak to each one of us. Now, Father, there are people here this morning They're worshipers, they're followers, disciples of Jesus. And they're trying to keep it between the lines, so to speak. And they're trying to really commit themselves to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And then we have individuals who are here this morning who may be visiting. There are also individuals, maybe members of the church, but they are noncommittal in some of the areas of their lives. And there may be some followers of Jesus Christ here this morning that inside they're saying, Father, what is your will for my life? There are also people here this morning, young and old alike, who are unsaved. They don't know what it means to follow Christ. And I pray in Jesus' name, standing in this place this morning with the authority of Jesus, that the Holy Spirit would speak. Speak in a way that the people would receive, unsaved and saved alike, whoever, to really listen to the Word of God, because I believe this is the message for the hour. This is the one that's been chosen. And I pray in these moments that we have together that today we will enter and listen to the words that have already been sung to prepare our hearts for the message. And I thank you, Lord, for the gifts that you've given like the two that just sang, and also our choir and and the leader and the people who serve in this church, to see Olive Branch be the light in the community. Olive Branch 
the, the people of God, the body of Christ who are local. And as our pastor so many times in the last couple months been exercising his dream, and in the last couple of days and weeks I've been listening to his messages and, and hearing him pour out his heart to the people in this church. And he believes that what we need to do now is the past is over, we're on a launching pad for Jesus, and we're ready to launch. And I pray that this is part of pre preparation in the next few weeks where we can hear the pastors talk about evangelism and discipleship, and, and I pray that the unconditional love of God will flow through this church, and they'll see Jesus on the throne. So Jesus, this is it. This is the time. This is your message, and I claim it, believe it, and I refuse and rebuke anything that's contrary to your will in this service this morning. And I claim it standing in this place, sacred place. Amen. I want you to turn to uh, have in the bulletin the scripture and uh, Romans 8, 28, 29. But let me say at the outset here that um, Pastor Emeritus I have people ask me, what does the word emeritus mean? I said, well, it's very simple. It's an honorary position that Olive Branch gave me, and, um, and I'm going to wear it for a long time, I hope. And I really hope that. <laughs> and after today, you'll probably say, boy, we need to pray for him. Because, you see, the mind is active. The mind is ready in preparation and doing the things that I do, but for somehow this body needs to catch up, Jimmy. I know you don't feel that at all, but uh, I know that uh, this morning the Lord is going to bless us. And, and Pastor Emeritus, uh, I'll say just a word here because I got a lot I could say in flashbacks and, and uh, look at our young people here and look at uh, the people I don't know, but there are a lot of people in the congregation have you ever looked at the congregation? Now, a lot of you guys, I know you're smiling. You know everybody here. I don't. And uh, there's a great percentage of people here I don't know. And I know you don't know my wife. You're missing a blessing. But I'm going to do something. The pastor's away. And we used to have an old saying, when the pastor's away, the mice will play. <laughs> and... Uh, so I, I just want to introduce my wife to you. Uh, body of Christ, visitors, whoever you are, if you don't know my wife, here she is, Mary Ellen. Yes, please be seated. <laughs> now, something else I want to do. See, when the pastor's gone, in this particular case, we're looking for a youth director, but when the pastor's gone and uh, he asks certain people, you know, to fill in and so forth, but uh, when the pastor's gone, he happens to have a wife that's near about all things to all people. So this is our first lady. Some of you may not know our first lady, Sarah, Sarah Gwynn. But I also want you to know my wife is second lady, amen? All right. Oh, boy, 23 years ago. 23 years ago, we packed up, left Durham, moved to Bracey, 
Virginia and built a home. And um, January 1997, that was 1996, 1997, I was introduced after visiting a lot of churches, different things. And I was introduced here to Olive Branch. I won't go into details because the way it was presented, see, I never told him when I was a pastor I was retiring at 62 years of age. And I wasn't telling anybody I was a pastor or preaching because my wife and I, we were going to do some marriage workshops and I was going to do some revivals and different things and help little churches where the pastor needed help. And so what happened, uh, Olive Branch, uh, I had a lot of bruises on my right arm especially because they wanted me to stay in supply. I wouldn't let them call me interim pastor or anything. I said, okay, I'll take charge of pulpit and certain things. So I did that for six years. Gained from 150-some pounds to 200. <laughs> That's the truth. December 2002, when I turned it over to Michael, I weighed 200 pounds. Look at this trim. <laughs> so anyway, they really, they fed me and they looked after me and they loved me and uh, we added some double buildings out here and then we built an educational building getting ready to build a big family life center. I said, no way. No way, we had to call a senior pastor. And so I've had that privilege of working um, with Michael and of course uh, Pastor Wayne. And that is a miracle, because most Baptist preachers, when you resign, that's it, brother. I mean, you move out of the territory. And, uh, but I've been here 23 years, and my wife and I, uh, they call us Pastor Emeritus, honorary position. I praise God for it. But you're not going to get rid of me yet. I have had the privilege, I have had the privilege of preaching in a lot of other churches, and really getting, in fact, for while Michael's here, and even the pastor, I've been away quite a bit and uh, preaching in other churches. And I walk in Walmart now, and every time, just about every time, hey, Pastor Doug, and I wonder, who in the world is that person? You know? And that happens all the time. You say, well, Doug, what's going to happen today? Well, I asked the Lord. I spoke to him. I said, okay, Father, I'm going to be looking out this congregation. You can imagine what happened in the six years I was here. And what's happened since then? 23 years is a long time. And when I look down and, and I see in these eyes young people now, most of them were, they weren't even in the womb yet when I came. And we watched them grow up. I watched some get married. In fact, uh, I thought about it. Looking at the church today and my flashback starts happening. The freedom for those years, happiness, biological growth, as we really begin to grow in those years. Families. We became attached to families. And I'm a family man. My wife's a family woman. I thank God that we've got a, a pastor and his wife now that are family because I think that's very important in the body of Christ. And then unconditional love. There's a lot of unconditional love in this church. And we express the way that God wants us to express ourselves. Deaths, 
Can you imagine how many deaths we've had? 23 years. How about births? Had a lot of births coming. Tragedies. I've experienced many of you sitting here this morning. I've been with you with these pastors in tragedy. And then I think about sufferings, cancer, just the word cancer. And think about it. All of us, we could spend hours today how we've helped each other, encouraged each other, loved each other because of sufferings that are taking place and healings. So I'm thinking about this as I was preparing and, and, I, and I spoke to Father God. I'm his child. He knows everything about me. And I spoke to him and I said, Father, I need a message. I need something that they can really take home. And I came to Romans 8, 28, and you'll understand when we close today why that particular one. You see, my title, Life, we're all in the journey of life. And can you imagine, can you imagine that you are being, were, were being born and in that moment, in that very instantaneous, God breathed into your nostril the breath I'm as pro-life as you can be. And I want to tell you something, at 84 years old, Wilson, I know I'm pro-life. <laughs> I'm ready to have life. Jesus said, you can have life, Doug. Think back, though, that God created you in his image. Amen? And he breathed into you. Think about that. Think about when you get up in the morning and you've got a little breath there. God gave you every and now, right now, you're one breath away. Listen to me. So I got to thinking. Life. But there are a lot of people today will face it in reality. But you know what I'm finding out? There are a lot of people, denial. D-E-N-I-L. You know, I call it the blame game. I could be a success in life if it wasn't for, etc., etc., I'll tell you something. I'm going to give you some strong, strong words. And there are three things that God told me today to share. And the very first one, accept the reality of the situation. Did you get it? You can say it. Say it to yourself inside. Doug is saying accept the reality of the situation. Wait a minute. I know situations, I'm experiencing some things now, I'm not facing the reality. Who are you facing? Oh, you say, well, I'll let mom handle that, young people. Let mom and dad handle that. Oh, that's right, I'm 35 years old, still living at home, and I'm eating their food, and I'm just living off of them, I'm enjoying it because they have all the answers. I want to tell you, that's reality in the United States of America today. And I want you to listen very carefully, and I want to just read a couple lines. I'm not going to read that entire passage, Romans 8, but I'm going to read the 28th verse. And we know, K-N-O-W, 
And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been what? Called according to his purpose and plan for the life. Let me tell you something I thought about when these two guys were singing up here, Bryce and Catherine. Man, I'm going to tell you, their discipline, they know they got their head, we call screwed on straight. But they had to earn what they did this morning. God gave them talents. God gave them, but they had to do what? Accept the reality that if I'm going to sing like they did this morning, I got to pay a price to do it. Amen? I got to pay a price. What is that price? Discipline. You've got to be 3D. You don't only have to have the desire, but the determination and what? And the discipline. And both of them believe in Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. And they stood this morning, and I sat on the edge of that seat and soaked up everything I could soak up. Another thing I praised God this morning for was that choir back here. Gosh, can you imagine? I preach in churches where 15 or 20 pews are empty and 15 or 20 people are sitting in the back. I can give you five, six churches right now that I preach in that are down to 15 and 30 people. Praise God, Olive Branch Baptist Church, that you got a choir back here. And look at those men. Every one of you ought to hug them, hug them, hug them. Get them tired. Amen. George is up on it already. I want to tell you, accept the reality of the situation. Look what he says. We know that in all things. How many things, folks? All. He didn't say partial. He didn't say some things. He said all things. And I want to tell you something. There have been 64 years in my wife and my life that there were times, what in the world? How are we going to get through this? And I'm going to share that in my last illustration today. You see, he's saying to me, Doug, you need to understand that you know Jesus Christ, personal Savior. I'm your Father God. And here's what he says. He says, Doug, don't you know that in all things God works together for good? All things, folks. If young people can grasp that, all things. And then look what he says. He said, who shall separate us? Verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, or sword? As it is written, no, in all these things. In all these things, we are more than conquerors. Verse 37, through him who what? Loved us unconditionally loved us. Death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. Read just a couple more verses. For I am convinced. This is Paul speaking. I am convinced. Doug Willett is speaking. I am convinced. Now, speaking to you as a congregation, the body of Christ, you who have life, and we have to show that life in this church. We have to show a life that when they walk through those doors, they can see something that was prepared years and years and years ago. Read it. Hope. They have the hope. People need to hope when they walk in this church. 
And right now we know we have a man dishing out, I so to speak, the word of God. And listen to me. We have to accept the reality of the situation. And this passage that I've given you, you can take the Bible, put it aside, gather dust on it while you want to, and just take that one passage right there. The passage I've given you today, Romans 8, 28, 35, and 39. Listen to me. And you can take this right here. It says, I am convinced that neither death nor life, listen, neither angels or demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God loves me. God loves me unconditionally. He loves you unconditionally. That's what I share with these young people. We ought to let it just, pro, just pronounce from our, proclaim from our lives. That first point, I've got to get on with it because there's two more. Accept reality of the situation. And let me say this very quick, denial is a killer. I want you to really remember that. Denial is a killer. And folks, so many of us are really want to pass it on. Or, I know it's passed away. All I got to do. See, if you do the stats and data on it, about 80% of what we worry about, that's when you say, don't worry about anything. Don't be anxious. About 80%, you can't change anyway. We know in all things. And I'm going to tell you this. All things are reality. This is a real world we live in now. And we need to face realities head on. And God will give you the wisdom to do that. You know what the truth is? Listen very carefully, because I believe this with all my heart. Truth. Everything that happens occurs under the sovereignty of God. Don't ever forget that. Everything. And I'm going to tell you this. He either causes it or he allows it. We live in the permissive will of God. And I tell you, God's permitted some things to happen to me and allowed it to happen with a broken neck pushed down in the back. And in less than 90 days, I was healed by Almighty God this whole side. And that brings me to something I want to share with you. An illustration that I've asked a deacon to illustrate what I'm talking about. Accept the reality. And this is a deacon. He has a servant spirit, serves as a deacon and fulfilling, trying to fulfill that deaconship. He's worked with our young people Impact Virginia. I asked him one time. He was 70, 78 at that time. I said, what do you do with all these young people that you go on the impact Virginia? I said, we put on roofs. I said, what do you mean you put on roofs? 79, 78 years old. He did it 79. He's turned 80 now and he's going again. Standing on the roof, I said, well, how about the young people? Oh, they don't know what to do, but they do when I get through. And I teach them. And I share this. Some of you may know that with a hammer, right? I want to read you a letter that I asked him just a couple days ago to do for me. On April the 8th, I experienced a stroke which affected my entire right side. 
I was taken by ambulance to VCU CMH and was immediately taken to radiology for a CT scan. At that time, Teresa, my wife, called several people, including Pastor Doug. He happened to be close, was there immediately. I was glad to see him, but shared that this might be the end for me. He prayed with Teresa and I, and then I was administered. Then he says, I was administered the drug for stroke. It was given through an IV, took an hour. I was taken to ICU and monitored there. Within a couple hours, my knee started to hurt. I could feel the feeling coming back in my right side. I knew then I would be okay with God's help, and I am 98% fully recovered. Ladies and gentlemen, that was 55 days ago, and Bill Perry is sitting right over here. Please stand. <laughs> Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here. That brings me to my second point. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> Step into the future by faith. That's it. That's second point. Step into the future by faith. Romans 8, 28. And when you read that passage, you come up with it. That we have so much faith, which is if you take faith and you take belief in the scriptures, they're interchangeable. And faith means that body, soul, spirit, all of myself, no restrictions, no restraints. And here we are, faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him anyway. So, Heavenly Father, as your child, I want to please you. And then he says, Doug, just remember Philippians 2.13. It is God. It's God. He has worked in you. Can you imagine that? Look at this body. God is at work in this body. I know what you're thinking, Lord, you need to do some work on me. Amen. I do. This is the temple of God, folks. These two singing this morning. The temple of God. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. And that's what he wants. He wants us to be a pleasure to him. He wants us to recognize by faith. I believe. I believe. Because why? Because you have to have faith in order to accept the reality. You have to have the faith because you're going to step into the unknown. I'm serious. The unknown is right there. Did you know when you walk out of that door this morning, it's the unknown. It's the unknown. When you drive that car, isn't it amazing how much faith we put in everything we have? Necessities of life. Father, keep this car going. I'm driving one 13 years old, and I want to lay hands on it. Every time I go in the garage and I look at it, and I just want to lay hands on it. Lord, keep that thing going, you know? I'm serious, because it's reality. It's reality I got a 13-year-old car. It's reality that I have to put gas in. It's reality that if I want to drive from here to Canada to see my kids, that's reality. 
But I have to have the faith to believe that God is, is also, he likes the little things too. Not just the big things. He likes the little things. And, and I've many times, I've driven up to a place to shop or whatever, and, and I've never seen so many cars. And, not, and by the way, South Hill's getting a lot of cars. We've got to do something about that. And so anyway, we all got cars. Kids got cars. Everybody's got cars. And you know, and here I am. I got a, a, a wife that uses two sticks. By the way, she doesn't use them to keep me in order. I want you men to understand that. She gets teased all the time about that. George, she doesn't use those two sticks. I can tell you. She walks. She got one of them, though, you take the end off of it, and it's a sharp point. <laughs> Romans 8, 28. The future is unknown. We have to understand that. And yet, there are times, many times, I pull into that little parking lot, and there's the door to food line. Many times. You say, oh, that's just a coincidence. Believe what you want to believe. But I live by faith, folks. I want to live by faith and believe. And there are times that I, I kill that. I don't believe it. Self takes over. Oh, I can do this. And it's stepping to the future by faith. God made a provision that we can live by faith in the death, burial, and resurrection of his son. And don't ever forget Philippians 2.13. What I'm giving you today is what Marilyn and I, when we got up in the morning, we try to accept the reality of everything that happens in our lives. That's very difficult, folks. You try to do that 100%. That is very difficult because it is amazing what can pop up in your life and your agenda. Every day you get up, and we do that. We, we try to accept reality during the day. And we get phone calls. I get phone calls from pastors. What do you, pastor, help me? I get phone calls from other churches. We get phone calls. I've got, now I get phone calls to have funerals. But it's very easy. I pass them on to Pastor Wayne. Because he's young. 30 years younger, he ought to be able to jump fences. Especially with a new heart. So I'm thinking, step into the future by faith. Do you know how hard it is? I want you to just imagine a minute, a pastor, 24-7. 24-7 is his schedule. He can get a call anytime. I can get a call anytime. Pray for him, encourage and love him. Now, Sarah, that's a different ballgame. There's no stress. You know, look at her, no stress, no, you know. English, born, I can't get into that, I'll get loose here. The third and final thing, this is one of the most important points. You have to have a willingness to trust God. I've been married to that lady 64 years. Do you know that she's never given me any indication, not even a moment, of distrust. Now, I'm going to tell you, that's a miracle. Because women do make mistakes. <laughs> Amen? Wilson, say something. <laughs> women do make mistakes. And we have to understand. 64 years with this one woman. I don't know what it's like. You know, be in a house with another woman 64 years. That's tough. But, 
Don't get to ad-libbing now. She, ad- she likes to ad-lib. But I'm serious. Do you know that how long, I'm going to ask you to do something. Imagine in your mind now the closest friend to you. Number one. I'm not talking about kind of family. I'm talking about outside the family. Because I, I preach that every woman ought to have a godly woman. And I preach that every man ought to have a godly man to pray with or whatever on the road of life. What if? Just, just imagine now, who is your closest friend? Who's number two? Boy, there's some minds burning now, brother. Okay. How many can you count and write out on a piece of paper that you trust totally? Now, when I'm talking about trust, I'm talking about giving the keys to my car. Another thing I'm talking about is when you get in and ride with them. You better be saved when some people are driving nowadays. But I'm talking about trust. Do you realize, and here's why so many marriages are failing today, because they break the trust factor. And when you break the trust factor as a pastor, you might as well hang it, hang it up. I've seen pastors cry and weep because they broke the trust factor of the congregation. And I want to tell you something. Many of you sitting in this church right now, there may be some of you that people don't trust you in certain areas. But I'll tell you this. God is a forgiving God. And he loves you. And if you break the trust factor with him, 1 John 1, 9 says, if you confess your sin, he'll forgive you. He'll love you. And he will give you his Holy Spirit until Jesus comes. Grasp it. Accept the reality of the situation. Step into the unknown by faith. And trust him. Those three applications, my wife and I have learned the hard way to live every day. And when we get up by our lifestyle, and once in a while I'll sing to her in the morning, or whatever it takes, that we remind ourselves of those three principles. And that's what I want you to live. But I'm going to give you a personal illustration I used here years and years and years ago. Very personal. We very seldom ever share this. Go with me for Durham for a moment. Travel back in time. And as we go to Durham, I want you to think about receiving a call. Because we had received a call And as you travel back with me, you hear us answer that call. And that call is to come to the hospital. And it's our middle son. And he said, Mom and Dad, it doesn't look too good, but I want you to come to the hospital. So we walk in the door. 
our son meets us, and he says, uh, it doesn't look good at all. You see, his wife was carrying twin girls, and they were five months. Picture that in your mind. He goes in, back in to where, and he says, I'll come back out in a minute. He comes back out and he holds up a card. I know you can't see it way back there. But you see, it's the footprints of two little girls at five months. Tamara Denine Willette, Ashley Renee Willette. Six and a half ounces and seven ounces. He said, Mom and Dad, they didn't make it. But the mom is okay. Now, I want you to picture, here's, a, here's his father standing there. And his father's looking at this. And mother... And we're looking at that and we're thinking. And what's going through my mind? What, what can I do? I have to face a reality. That's reality. I can't deny it. There's no denial. So I face that reality. And in my mind, what can I do now to help really love never before? Just really part of love. My wife, she knows what it's like to give birth, three kids. And yet here I am, a father, a pastor. I'm a pastor. And I'm standing there and looking at this, what do I do? And here's his wife in there in the room by ourselves. So I said, let's go see your wife. These thoughts are going through my mind. What do I do now? We walk in. She's propped up in bed. Tears. Conversation. You know what hits me? Romans 8, 28. Accept the reality of all things. How in the world, Father, how can I accept this? How can it become reality to me? Reality to my son, to his wife, but how can it be a reality to me? And then by faith, and what I did, I was a father, I was a husband, I was a father-in-law. Think about those positions like the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He reveals himself three ways. And then I realized, as a pastor, in that family <clears throat> situation, and I said, please, let's pray. 
And Father, we know this is one of the all things. And that passage came alive. And God told me to give you that passage today. That you accept all things. The realities of life. Don't try to pass it on to someone else. Be who you are. But you've got to be the child of Almighty God. Because he's the one that has solutions for everything in his son and the power of the Spirit of God in you. And if you don't have the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit in you, because Jesus said, I'm going to go away. I know I'm going to be death, burial, and resurrection. I know I'm going away. And he tried to give the peace to his disciples. He said, I'm going to give you peace. I'm going to give you peace. But it's not going to be like the world gives. I'm going to tell you something, folks. Our kids and children, university students, and, and these young couples today, they're trying to be brainwash them that they can be a success and they can have all things, freebies, whatever, and the government will provide or whatever. You don't need God. You don't need Jesus Christ. You can worship Allah or you can be a Buddhist or Hinduism, whatever. You need to have new age. But this church stands on a foundation that when the pastor preaches in this church, he preaches, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh to the Father except through me. You can call it exclusion all you want to and that God is sending people to hell. They make a choice to go to hell. They make a choice for heaven. But I'm going to tell you something we've got to do, folks. We have to love people with unconditional love like never before, no matter what belief they have. And don't forget it. You've got to practice that. I know it's hard. I know it's very difficult when people don't agree. And we need to take in this church. And i leave you with it. And as I prayed beside that bed today and demonstrated through this body, temple of God, and in that prayer, that's a personal experience. What I shared about Bill Perry is a personal experience. Anything can happen now, any place. Where I live now at Beaver Creek, you might have read it in the news, I can look out my window and see a pond. And right across that pond is where a lady at 6.30 the other morning went out and there was a guy with a gun to put her in the car that's only just a few feet away. Guess what happened? She ran down toward the pond and I just happened to be up, didn't hear anything, nothing. But what could have happened if he had followed her and, and did damage there at the pond, I would have heard it. I would have seen it probably standing outside at that particular time in the morning with a breath of fresh air. I'm going to tell you something. Anything can happen in our culture anytime, any day, any place. You believe it, but you have Almighty God if you know Jesus is your personal Savior. I want to talk to the unsaved.
If you don't know the Lord, my question to you is where are you going to spend eternity? That's the bottom line. The bottom line is your relationship with Christ. It's not a member of the church. It's not whether you tithe or whatever. It's not if you go to a Sunday school party. That's not what it's all about. The all about is what our pastor said his dreams for this church was to evangelize. You know what that means? It means go ye into all the world. But why don't we start at home too? Right here. We got everything we need in this church. Except surrender and commit. Father, I pray in Jesus' name. And we pray, Lord, that we expect something to happen in this service. And our chairman, Deacons Jimmy, is going to come and he's going to stand and I'm going to stand down here. And we have people right here within the sound of my voice, just right here on the front rows, that can win people to Christ. There's no reason for any unsaved person, boy, girl, man, or woman, to walk out of this church today unsaved. I claim it and believe that they would make a decision here, at home, wherever. I pray for the Holy Spirit to speak to their hearts and they would respond. I pray, Jesus, for these people and they claim they're Christians. They know Christ, but they don't have the fruit. The fruit's not there. And their lifestyle's not there. We need to understand that we have reality in our lives and some of that reality may be we're not living for Jesus Christ as our personal Savior and Lord. And we're not living as children of God. God's a holy God. And I pray, Jesus, in your name, as our Savior and Lord, that if there's anyone here has doubt, frustration, whatever, we can pray with them. They can get someone to pray in this church, that's for sure. We have prayer warriors. And then I pray, Lord, and thank you that we who try to follow, accepting the reality, living by faith, stepping into the future of unknown, and that we can claim it and believe that we can trust you no matter what happens in our lives. Lord, thank you for all things, all things. And I thank you for the privilege, Lord. I pray for the Holy Spirit to work in this body of Christ today. In your name, I pray. Amen. Please turn. Please turn to hymn number 778. Jimmy's going to come. He's going to stand here, our chairman of deacons. And uh, as you stand, uh, she's going to come. What's your name? Oh, Mary.
Dear Heavenly Father, we come before your throne this morning. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for the word that was spoken this morning. Lord, we thank you for Pastor Doug and everything that he does. Lord, I just thank you right now that you are not finished with Pastor Doug. and He's got uh, many, many more years to proclaim um, the love of Jesus to other people. He has a heart for people, whether you're old, whether you're young. Um, I just thank you for him, Lord. Lord, I just do come to you this morning, and I pray as Christians that we do accept the reality in our lives, Lord. And so many times I've looked at that scripture and say, all things work together for good for those that love the Lord and called according to his purposes. And Lord, at that time when I quoted that scripture, things didn't look good. Sometimes things looked very dreary, Lord, and for some reason, you always come through. You always shine the light. In those situations, Lord, you give us peace. You give us strength to endure. You promise that you'll be with us each and every day. We thank you for that, Lord. I thank you that we can step out in faith, Lord. I thank you that um, that you have given us a level of faith, Lord, that we can believe in you. We can believe that you sent your son to die on the cross for us and that we accept that, Lord. We accept the blood of his sacrifice to forgive us of our sins, Lord, that we may be called the children of God, Lord. We pray that we have a willingness, Lord, to trust God in times when things don't look well, that we can trust you, Lord. We can trust your word, Lord, and through our our faith, we can lead others to you, Lord. And Lord, I just pray that when we lead others to you, Lord, that we don't just expect them to know you from what we say, Lord, but that they can build their own personal relationship with you because that's so important. Lord, I just ask you to bless each and every person here today. Lord, your children, I just thank you um, for everything that you've given us and all the blessings. And I just thank you for this church that we can come to a church that they preach the word, Lord. They don't preach what people want to hear, um, but Lord, they preach the word. And I thank you for them. Lord, I just ask for your blessings amongst your people, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.